Wow. Maybe I died and went to heaven. Thank you, choir and our guest musicians. I hope you can put up with my froggy voice this morning. I don't think I have COVID, but I was on the sofa most of yesterday dealing with whatever this is. I hope the messenger will not get in the way of the message. I've told you so many times how much I love the Bible, love reading the Bible, and something new comes out every time. I don't know how many times I've read the story of Palm Sunday. I'm 58 years old, been going to church every Sunday of my life, but son of a preacher, uh, son of a, a Southern Baptist pastor. I've been to church every Sunday, every Palm Sunday for 58 years, and something new today as I read this word, then they remembered. Howard Baker was the ranking minority member of the Senate Watergate Committee and may be best remembered for asking during those never-ending hearings in 1973 and 1974, what did the president know and when did he know it? For some of us, the better question is, what did we forget and when did we forget it? I think there's some uneasy laughter these days about memory loss. Maybe it's just my age, but I hear folks talking nervously and asking their doctor, you know, I'm having a hard time these days remembering names, doc. Is this Alzheimer's? Now, just speaking for my own house, Amy is going to have to find another measure for dementia because I cannot remember thing, anything, and I never have been able to remember anything. I won the Outstanding Freshman Award at Furman and had to go by the administrative office the day after to just pick up the plaque because I forgot the award ceremony. Some outstanding freshman. I never stayed on campus for the weekends because I was home dating you-know-who, but one of the weekends that I did stay was because I had a Sunday afternoon band concert. That morning at church, however, I was with friends and we got invited to lunch. Our host was affluent and had traveled the world on hunting expeditions. We excitedly accepted his invitation so after the meal he could show us all the elk and moose he'd killed in Montana, the antelopes and gazelles and wildebeest from Africa. And then I remembered I have a band concert. Actually, it was I had a band concert. (laughs) I just missed it. Amy sends me to the grocery store for three items and I can't remember one of them. And I can't remember where I put the list that I made to help me remember the three items. But the doctor says mine isn't Alzheimer's, it's just old timer's disease that I've had since I was pretty young. I may be in good company though. The disciples didn't get it because they didn't remember until it was too late. And the scripture says, then they remembered. I am mesmerized by the story of Jesus, infatuated with Christian theology, and I am fascinated in how it all came to be, how it all came together. If you've listened to me at all, you know that I do not believe God laid it all out according to a carefully orchestrated plan from the beginning of time. That's not because I don't believe in God, it's because I believe in human freedom. Not because I don't believe in providence, but because I believe in the laws of physics. Not because I don't believe in divine inspiration, but because I believe in the literary creativity of the gospel writers. I believe the story of Jesus was not a staged script, but a drama of real life. And as the disciples, the church, 
the gospel writers lived and learned, and as they looked back and as they remembered, they wrote, and our theology was born in real time. As they remembered, as insights were gleaned, as they remembered, beliefs were added to the corpus of their understanding of who Jesus was. I think this is how revelation works. So I'm fascinated by the process. What did they know and when did they know it? What did they remember and when did they remember it? As I asked it in last year's Easter sermon concerning Peter and the church, what did he believe and when did they believe it? A gospel writer named John says on the day of those momentous events, even with that grand triumphal entry into Jerusalem, which began that week of his passion, the disciples still did not understand. They'd been with him for three years, living together, listening to him preach and teach, and they still didn't get it. It was only later, when he was glorified, John says, then they remembered. Interesting. When he was glorified, not then they believed, then they understood, then they remembered. But what does that mean? And when was Jesus glorified? Was it when Jesus was raised up on the cross? Earlier in his narrative, John has Jesus say, when I am lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. And the writer says he said this to indicate the kind of death he would die. Is that when Jesus was glorified? Or was he glorified in the resurrection? Or at the ascension? Or was it one of those post-resurrection appearances? The Apostle Paul named six of them. He says Jesus appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and then to more than 500, and then to James, and then to all the apostles. And last of all, Paul says... In that dramatic Damascus Road experience, which would have been several years after Jesus' death, Paul says, then Jesus appeared to me. When was Jesus glorified? What does that mean? The writer named Luke recalls the sermon Peter gave on the day of Pentecost, which he concludes by saying, therefore know with certainty that God has made him both Lord and Christ. That is our theology. Yes, God made him Lord and Christ, but when? Pushing that moment of glorification even farther down the road, we could look to that group of German scholars who shaped modern biblical scholarship in the 19th century. One of the most consequential, if not controversial, was Rudolf Bultmann, who famously said, Christ was raised into the kerygma. Just a fancy word for preaching or teaching. Bultmann, for Bultmann, Jesus was raised, was glorified in the preaching of the church then and now. Well, the gospel writer named John says, when he was glorified, then they remembered. But since that when has been discussed and debated and interpreted six ways to Sunday, rather than to try to give you an answer to that today, to what that means, I want to suggest to you on this Palm Sunday, for this season of Easter, for a 21st century congregation, that we reverse the phrase and say, when we remember, 
then he will be glorified. When we remember, then he will be glorified. The sermon is really that simple. What I want to say to you today is simply that we need to remember. We must remember. Engraved on the walls of the Holocaust Museum are the words that our Jewish friends keep reminding us, especially today with anti-Semitism frightfully rising across the country and the globe. Those engraved words say, never forget. The word is essential to faith, remember. We must remember first by knowing the story which we learn best of all by reading the Bible for ourselves. How often do you read the Bible for yourself? We must remember by teaching the story to our children, boys and girls, here and at home. You need to let Micah teach you the story of Jesus with songs and crafts and games. You need to know the stories of the Bible. And youth, here and at home. I keep telling you that you need to know the Bible to pass any college-level course in Western literature. Allusions to biblical stories are scattered across our literary tradition. You really need to know the stories of the Bible to understand Western literature. And, young people, you need to know because our church and the church rest on your shoulders. If you do not know the story of Jesus, if you young people cannot remember it for yourselves and for your children, the church will not survive beyond the current generation. They say the church is always one generation from extinction. Seems that that adage is truer today than it has been. With the decline of the church, if our young people do not know the story, remember the story, if they are not determined to teach it to their children, we will not have youth group when you have children. It's up to you to be able to remember. We need to remember the story by singing the theology in good hymns and anthems. We need to remember by enacting the drama of the Easter season from Palm Sunday, waving the palms, to Maundy Thursday communion, to Easter Sunday fanfares. We must remember. The church must help a modern culture remember because Jesus changed the world. Simply put, Jesus changed the world. And the movement of that grand story of our theology from creation to incarnation to redemption, the movement of that story may be the only truth that can still change our world. The story of Jesus lifts the fallen and heals the broken. It gives sight to the blind and makes the lame walk. I have no doubt about that. It challenges the structures of power and offers a vision of self-giving love. Without the way of Jesus, the narrative of war, which we are seeing played out in such dramatic ways on our television screens, the narrative of war, our addiction to violence, and the lust for power will spell our certain destruction. We need to remember Jesus. I don't know what John meant when he said, when Jesus was glorified. It's probably not important to understand What I know for sure is that when we remember Jesus, when the church can rightly remember the story, we will be changed. 
Then they remembered, let us be so faithful. May it be so. Amen.